the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. Contentment. To be satisfied in Him is more important to God than solving our problems. Now, some, some of you, that's a hard truth <laughs> to swallow. You know, it's sad that, that we use the term RIP, uh, rest in peace, to refer to those who are dead. But in reality, rest in peace is for the living. Paul says, God taught me through the various experiences in my life, good or bad, to rest in peace in Him. I have learned the secret of being content. And what is that secret? Peace. The peace that God gives to those who trust Him and rest in Him. Why is that important? Because our faith in God is more important to God than relieving us of our problems. God is more interested in bringing us through our situations, good or bad, than bringing us out of our circumstances. Paul says, I learned how to submit and be humble to obey God's will in any and every situation. When I am in trouble, I am at peace with God. I am satisfied that God has me where He wants me. And when things are going well, I will still humble myself before God. I don't get proud or lazy. And believe me, loved ones, when things are going well in our lives, uh, we fall into this dreaded condition called forgetfulness. It's true. We are fallen people. And every time things are going well in our lives, uh, we forget uh, that God had been good to us. You know, uh, forgetfulness is one of the roots of idolatry in the Bible. If you read the Old Testament, you know, time and time again, uh, the, the people of God would, 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 would walk away and forget all of the miracles, all of the great wonders that God has done for them, and they always fall back to their idolatry. Why? Because they have forgotten God's presence and God's goodness in our life. If I, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I am the worst Golden State Warriors fan. I'm the worst bandwagon fan of all you know uh the last couple of years 
believe me, I have the hat. I have the championship jerseys. And I watch all the games. I mean, you know, they were winning. They were really good. And then came this season. And I've forgotten all of the things. All of the satisfaction. All of the great joy that they brought to my living room as I watched the game after game after game of them winning. It's human nature. We forget. And you know what? As Christians, sometimes we're like that too. I mean, I hate to admit it, but I'm that way. You know, I have to look at the very depth of my sin because sometimes it does show up. You know, sometimes I forget that the only reason why I'm standing and I'm talking and I'm able to do the things that I'm doing is because God had been good. But we often forget. Here's what Paul says to Timothy. 1 Timothy 6, 6. Godliness with contentment is great gain. What does that mean? Well, to be godly means you don't let your circumstances affect your relationship with God. And again, how many times, every time things are going well, we forget our obligation to worship God. It's when we get in trouble that we think of God. You know what that's called? That's called cheating. You don't just honor and worship and glorify God when things are going well. You glorify God regardless of the circumstances. If we are not content with God at all times, we gain nothing. No peace. That's why Paul says godliness with contentment is great gain. That's important. But there's a second insight uh, from Paul's words about peace. And that is, peace brings stability, but not security. Peace brings stability to our lives, not necessarily security. Look at verse 12. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I mean, if you, if you read that, Paul was very implicit, if not explicit altogether, in saying that I have been on both sides of life's um, travels. And as I mentioned before, the Christian life is a, is a, is a journey. It's a, it's a road that we travel, and that road is a narrow road. The Christian life is a straight and narrow path. And let me just take, some, take a moment to explain that. It's a very narrow path, this, this thing called the Christian life. And we are called to walk straight, the straight and narrow path. All right? On the one side of that narrow path is poverty, and the other side is prosperity. And we are called to walk in the middle of that narrow path. In that narrow path, one side is suffering, and the other side is success. We are called to walk the straight and narrow, and from time to time, We fall on each side of that path. Sometimes there's prosperity in our lives and sometimes there's a whole lot of poverty in our lives. There are successes 
and there are suffering, but we are called to walk the straight and narrow road. And when we fall on the one side of it, whether it's success or suffering, whether it's prosperity or poverty, we are to get back on that path and continue walking. We shouldn't let those things affect our walk with Christ. Uh, they canceled the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo for obvious reasons. But I was watching uh, some of the trials, the Olympic trials. You know what fascinates me are these gymnasts. You know, the gymnast, especially that, 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 that beam, that narrow beam uh, uh, that, they, that they do their routines in, you know. It's a very narrow, um, I think it's just four inches, you know, um, balance beam. Uh, and these, and these, these gymnasts will do their routine while maintaining their balance, while re- remaining stable, when all they have is like a four-inch piece of wood to play with and that's kind of like the Christian life now we have to stay on the straight and narrow we need stability in our lives to be able to do that if there's no stability in our relationship you can trace that to the fact that there's no peace in your life. If, if your relationship with God is not stable, you can trace that back to the lack of peace with God, from God, and the peace of God. Stability in life does not equal security. We often think that we are secured and we're safe, then we are stable. Security does not necessarily mean stability. Security does not guarantee that you and I will have a stable faith in God, even. People think, you know, if people with, with financial stability, if, if, if they have financial security, that their lives will be stable. How come many of these people commit suicide when they have all kinds of financial stability? We think if we put alarms, security alarms in our houses, that somehow... Nobody can break in. Incidentally, uh, Walt Disney, Disneyland is closed. And uh, the authority says uh, no one can trespass at Disneyland. The whole park is closed. And yet, there are people on posting videos on YouTube <laughs> showing inside the park, those, those famous uh, landmarks inside Disneyland, they're videotaping and it's empty. How did that happen? Security doesn't translate to stability. In fact, uh, I had a preacher uh, said to me one time, uh, the safest place you could ever be is at the center of the will of God. Have you ever heard that? The safest place you could ever be is at the center of the will of God, but that's not true. If you think that's true, say that to Paul. Listen to the words of Paul. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 to 29, listen to his words. He says, are they serving Christ? Are they servants of Christ? I must be out of my mind to be even talking to you about this. If you think you are a servant of Christ, I am more. I have worked much harder, been imprisoned more frequent, been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. 
Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of of concern for all the churches. You think you're weak? Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn. Did you read and, and heard all of that? The safest place you could ever be at the center of the will of God? Not true. Paul is saying, I have been through hell on earth. In every area of my life, whether coming from the outside or in the inside. You know, it's interesting. Paul was saying, you know, I, I've, been, I've been into trouble so many times. And on top of that, I have to worry about my ministry. And on top of that, I have to worry about my own struggles in the inside. No, loved ones. Paul did not experience security. He experienced stability because he had peace. The peace that comes from God. Tell that to the, uh, to the disciples. Tell that to Peter who was crucified upside down. Tell that to Stephen who was executed for his faith. No, loved ones. When we obey the will of God, there is no guarantee that we will be in a safe and secure situation. But I want to tell you this. We will have peace through them by the power of God's Spirit. The more we humble and submit to God's will, the more peace He gives us. The more at peace we are with God, the more stable our life becomes. A peaceful mind is a mind stable at all times. It allows God to work in our life. And how does He do it? Well, I I, I need to to go back to the basics on this. Allow the peace of God to work in us through His Word, number one. First Thessalonians 2.13 And we also thank God continually because when you received the Word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a, as a human word, but as it actually is, the Word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. You want peace? Get in the Word. Secondly, prayer. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4, 7. And the third area that God uses to give us peace is He does allow suffering to come into our lives. 1 Peter 5, 10. And the God of all grace who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will Himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. We need the peace of God. We need the peace from God. And most importantly, we need peace with God. There's a final insight about this peace that the Scripture wants to teach us this morning, and that is peace brings 
sufficiency, but not superiority. A humble and submissive attitude towards God brings peace in our life. Jesus, our Lord and King, is our sufficiency. We don't need anyone else to make it through this life. Only to the strength of our faith in Christ guarantee that we will make it through regardless of what's going on or what's happening in our lives. Paul says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. This is not a statement of superiority on the part of Paul. This is a statement of dependence. You know, I've always been accused of using my religion as a crutch. It used to offend me, but as I understand what it means to be a Christian, I decided that I'll wear that accusation as a badge. I really learned to accept that accusation. In fact, I would tell people, you think I'm using my religion? You think I'm using my faith in Jesus as a crutch? You're wrong. I'm using it as a stretcher. It's an ambulance. It's more than a crutch. Listen to the words of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that His life may also be revealed in our mortal, mortal bodies. There's no sense of superiority in those words. He fully admits how weak he was and how weak we are if not for the power that God enables us to have. I said it before and I say it again. Please listen. There are simply situations and circumstances that happen in life that God will not remove from us. And I know, I know people say, well, you know what, then what is my hope? Our hope is Christ, the peace that comes from him. But there are situations and circumstances that God will not only not remove us from them, but will not remove them from us. In His power, we want to depend. Sometimes when we go to God, we want God to deal with those problems. And I just want to let you know, God would rather have us be at peace with Him rather than for those things not to be present in our lives. We need to learn how to hide behind Jesus. That's a Christian discipline. Learn how to hide. I went fishing with Richard. Great guy. He's with the Lord now. Richard Cruz. Great man and a great fisherman. I went lake fishing with that man. The, the, the beautiful thing about Richard was this. He's a master fisherman, but he hates fish. He doesn't eat fish. Okay? Now, remember that as I progress through the story. I always wanted to learn how to fish because I don't know the first thing about fishing because I love fish. So I went and bugged him. When we were in his cabin, I bugged him. Show me the techniques. 
Show me the things that I need to learn. Come on. Show me how to do this. Show me how to do that. I want to learn everything there is to learn about fishing. Because I wanted to do it. I want to be a successful fisherman. And so he was kind enough to go ahead and take the time to, to lecture me on these things. What not to do. What to do. How to put together things. What kind of bait to use and all of that. But at the end of the day, when we went fishing, I just couldn't fish the same way he can. And at the end of the day, he caught 12 large ones. And I caught a grand total of one. And like I told you, he likes fishing, but he hates fish. So he gave me his 12. When I got home, my wife asked me, so how many did you catch? You know what I said to her? Between Richard and me, we caught 13. <laughs> what did I do? What did I just do? I hid behind Richard's fishing expertise. And that's what we need to do, loved ones. We need to learn to hide behind Jesus. There are times when we simply have to trust God to take us through. Whatever it is, you want us. He wants, we want Him to take us through. Whatever trial or hardship, we need to learn how to rest in peace with Christ. You know, when Paul says, I can do all thing, things through Christ who gives me strength, the context of that is peace. The only reason why he was able to do all things, because he has peace. There's strength in peace. And I know Christians misquote this passage, this verse, so many times. We often think that God uh, will empower us to, so that we can get ourselves through the mess. And God does give us the grace to get out of some of the mess, messy things that we do in our lives. But loved ones, there are just times when God would want us to hide behind Him. You know, I've been around people when we, when we, we have a prayer meeting and all of that. They pre they're preoccupied with defeating the devil and everything that he does, you know. They, do, they say things like, I bind you, devil, in the name of Jesus. We keep binding the devil, and the problem is the devil keeps getting away. And that's true. Well, we're not called to defeat the devil. We're not called to even fight the devil. The devil has been defeated by Jesus on the cross. And he's not going to have any power unless we allow him. We're not supposed to do that. There are things in life that we simply cannot resolve and nothing less than hiding behind Jesus who gives us peace will suffice. There are simply giants in life that we cannot slay ourselves. Don't go around telling people, you know what, I'm, I'm like David in the Bible who, who, who hit Goliath with, with five smooth stones and he, he killed Goliath with his power, and then we, we automatically put ourselves in the shoes of David and we think we can slay all of our giants. Loved ones, don't do that. David in the Bible is not representative of you and I. David was a picture of Jesus. He was a picture of Jesus who was, who is to come. And you know what? how we should respond with the giants in our life? We need to respond like the Israelites did in that story. You know what they did? They hid behind David as David killed 
Goliath. Loved ones, there are simply giants that we cannot slay. The giant of cancer. The giant of disasters and tragedies. The giant of lust. We need to hide behind Jesus and allow his power to be shown in our, how our faith enables us to have peace in the midst of all that's going on. I don't know why and don't ask me, but God seems to want to show his greatest glory and he wants to receive the greatest glory by revealing himself to the weakest and most insignificant among us. Paul writes, But whatever gains to me, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. No sense of superiority. No sense of supremacy. Just a sense of humility and submission to Jesus. We can do all things. In context, it means we don't care about the circumstances. Circumstances don't matter. Only Christ matters. Only peace with God, peace from God, and the peace of God will prosper the soul. When you have peace, you have everything. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Lapson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. As a listener-supported ministry, they are grateful for your tax-deductible donations at livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.